Hi, I'm Emma Judd and welcome to The League Cast, a podcast from The League Against Cruel Sports. Each month I'll be joined by friends and fellow campaigners to talk about all things animal. Today I'm joined by Carly Arlen, who runs the Garbo Wildlife Organisation in Kent. Welcome to The League Cast, Carly. Oh, thank you so much for having me here today. You know, I'm really happy to speak to you guys. And uh, with uh, the work that League Against Cross Sports are doing, you know, I've always admired your commitment to putting an end to cross sports. Well, that's that, that's really, really kind of, of you to say, Carly. But um, we're, we're here to talk about to talk about you and and your involvement in um, trying to put a stop to cross sports. So you've been anti-hunting well you're a staunch supporter of all wildlife and therefore anti-hunting for a long time um can you tell us a little bit about what brings you to the lead cast here a bit about your background um a little bit of my background um (laughs) i started garbo wildlife uh basically i rescue and rehabilitate a whole array of british wildlife uh in trouble from badgers to red-listed swifts And it was at the time I was rehabilitating foxes and moving on to releasing them back into their habitats that I'd become aware of my local hunt, you know. And so I wanted, you know, to. I was very worried, you know, going to be worried about their futures. So then, you know, I knew I had to add protection into, you know, my organization. So that's how I moved on into uh, protection and uh, monitoring my local fox hunt. And that sees you out every weekend, I think it is, in the hunting season? And in the weekdays as well, that's correct. Every weekend, come rain, snow, or or the uh, aggression met. And and why is it so important to you? What what is it about hunting that makes you so motivated to go out and to, to monitor the hunts? Well, uh, uh, you know, hunting is is absolutely uh, a horrific uh, uh, end uh, for an animal. You know, life for them is very hard as it is, you know, and uh, contrary to what the hunt like you to believe. It's not, you know, a, a quick nip to the neck and they're dead. You know, it's hours of suffering until they uh, collapse, you know, and then you have 30 hounds ripping them apart. It's, you know, one of the most horrific forms of animal abuse there is. So, I mean, you have a a long background with rescuing injured and distressed animals. Um, To see a hunt going out, would would you say that they're trail hunting? Would you say that their activities have no, no impact on wildlife since the hunting act came in? Absolutely. You know, there's no trail hunting. You know, I use my military background out in the field. Nobody's out. You know, I follow them from the from the kennels to the hunt, you know, with a team of like-minded individuals. There's no trail being left. They purposefully put the hounds into cover to draw out the to draw out the fox. You know, it's uh no trail hunting takes place. Hand on your hand on my heart, tell you that. So with with trail hunting for for people listening who might, probably will know what it is but just in case they don't it's where um an uh, an animal scent is purported to be laid in a a predetermined direction um up to about 24 hours before the hunt goes out and then the hounds are supposed to pick up that scent follow it and um hunting happens as if um it was traditional fox hunting um but I think it's very difficult to show that trails have or haven't been laid, isn't it, Carly? 
Um, it, it's difficult, you know, that, that my hunt, you know, they, they flout it. They, there's no trail hunt, you know, there's no way that they go out at three o'clock to lay that at all, you know. Um, it's seriously, you know, they're not even worried, you know, to, to make a guise that they're, you know, they're trail hunting, at least my hunt. And you've had first-hand knowledge of illegal hunting being carried out by your hunt, isn't that right? That's right. You know, uh, uh, last year, you know, the the, the the huntsman was in a, a, a very angry, aggressive mood. Um, you know, it started off in the morning with him trying to ride his horse uh, into me and then he knocked a, a colleague of mine down uh, when he was on the scent of a fox. Um, you know, I, I was tending to my colleague on the floor uh, and he got away. Ten minutes later, the hounds were ripping up a fox in uh, Canterbury, Kent. So, I mean, so so it was the same hunt at the, on the same day doing the yeah, same activity? Yeah, that's exactly right. That was exactly the same hunt, Master, you know, charging uh, with his hounds into us with his uh, horse. He then went on after 10 minutes to uh, to have captured the, 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 the fox and have his hounds rip her up, you know. Uh, uh, and I got to that scene and I recorded it uh, and I put it live out there for people to see the reality of it. Um, and uh, he laughed, you know, he was laughing in my face at that moment. And how did you how do you feel about that that whole episode? It's you know I deal with you know uh, terrible injuries uh, with wildlife you know RTAs car accidents you know badgers and foxes but nothing could have prepared me uh, for watching thirty forty hounds rip up a fox a live fox it was you know it haunts me to this day. I mean that's got to be so distressing you you've said yourself you know you're somebody who deals with injured animals absolutely but, just, but to see that was was beyond anything so it was the worst thing i've ever ever seen in my life i i honestly it's awful the suffering it was just awful you know and for 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 a general member of the public to see that then um must be immeasurably disturbing and members of the public did see it, you know, it, it's something, you know, that was done uh, besides a, a main road, you know. So members of the public did see that. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I guess they must be traumatised too. And did you, on that day, um, yes. did you did you see any evidence of a trail being laid, any evidence of anything other than illegal hunting going on? The only, no, exactly. There was no trail hunt uh, uh, made. At, there was no trail sent uh, left at all. You know, he was purposefully hunting and sending the hounds from very early morning into covers to draw out foxes, you know, in the areas that he knew foxes, you know, lived and frequented. And... Is this a one-off event, do you think? No, it's not. There's been plenty of times that I haven't been able to capture it on my camera because, you know, he will have the terrier men uh, uh, come out, you know, to, to, to get you out of the way or the terrier men pick up the bodies. But there's been times I found pieces of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fox, you know, the inards and stuff uh, uh, after they've killed and they've managed, you know, to get rid of the body and such. With the presence of terrier men indicates that illegal hunting is going on anyway because um before hunting was made illegal it was the terrier man's role to to make sure that foxes didn't go to ground that they were then dug up they would send literally send terriers into um 
wherever the fox was hiding, whether it would be a badger set, whether it would be a den, whether it would be an artificial earth, um, dig the fox, send the terriers in, get the fox out, dig it out as well, and then send it back out into the path of the hounds um, to be chased again and ultimately killed. Now, if hunting is as illegal as it should be under the Hunting Act 2004, then the very president very presence, excuse me, of terrier men at a hunt um, leads to the question, well, what are they doing there with their terriers? Absolutely. Scarred up terriers and spades, you know, that that they always have, you know, often on illegally ridden quads as well, you know, that I've pointed out to the police on numerous occasions. Yeah, so the quads aren't licensed, they go on roads. No, absolutely, you know, very illegal, you know, just these poor little terriers, you know, scars all over their faces. You know, I often check them when they're, you know, on the back of the quads, just to see if they have, you know, fresh, fresh wounds and blood, you know, so I could at least try to help them. You know, it's enough to realise, you know, that the, the, the presence of the soft belly underworld of the terrier man really, you know, is a big red flag as it is, you know. And this this pic, this builds up a, a picture of prolific and endemic illegal hunting. If and I, I believe it's the the West Kent Hunt, is it? Yes, and they've actually changed their name now to the Kent Hounds, um, and a couple of local hunts have joined them, joined in with them. Oh, I see. So, um, yeah, is that because they've they haven't got enough funding, so they've exactly, had to merge? Exactly. So they're getting smaller and smaller until they all have to go, you know, to one kennel and work together. So mm. I think it's three hunts now working together. That's correct. Right. Okay. So, so this is so you're building up a picture of of this of this hunt um, that goes yeah. out and that more often than not is illegal hunting despite oh, yes, ban. So, so let me ask you, Carly. What what happened with the footage that you took of the of the fox being ripped apart by the dogs? What happened to that? I I, I passed that on to uh, the police, and also uh, I made sure that they took the fixing Hope. I named her Hope uh, body for autopsy, you know, for further evidence. And I pushed them to ask, you know, because it had happened at the side of a road. You would have had on footage, you know, local ring bells and stuff. The fox yeah. uh, are being chased, uh, you know. And I tried to push the police and point out these, you know, these things that they should be also investigating, just to really, you know, give us a lot of. Uh, a good hard case there but sadly um it was uh, the cps and kent police said there's not enough evidence to uh convict so carly what needs to be done in your opinion to mean that the cps and the police can actually deal with these crimes well, the reason uh, for the lack of prosecution is obviously the laws need revisiting. The Hunting Act is not working and illegal uh, hunting obviously is continuing. Um, uh, we need to uh, update, reflect modern public opinion um, with this new evidence. Loopholes need to be closed and the police must be backed and uh, given the resources are required to tackle it. So, I mean, we've we've talked about the loopholes. Trail hunting is obviously one of the the biggest excuses that hunts use to to get away with old fashioned legal hunting in the courts. But there are others, aren't there? Such as taking a, a bird of prey um, with you. Um, with the with stag hunting, we see um, research uh, being used as a 
excuse for a reason to kill stag. Um, not sure that we've ever had um, had anything published scientifically about any research that's happened with stag hunting. But um, oh yeah, <laughs> and that's interesting. You know, the hunting, the, the trail hunting, and hunting from research research excuse. I was actually at a stag hunt. Um, and it's horrific, you know, they would pull out that it's got TB, but they would always get the strongest sort of stag, you know, to bring down. It's horrific as well. The, um, the, do you think that people generally, generally going about their business that see a hunt have got a role to play now that social media is so prolific? Oh, absolutely. Please do. You know, only working together can we put an end to this, you know. Please do, you know, really tip off, you know, Crime Watch, you know. So I think you've initiated a, a, a program, haven't you, where people can tip you off at League Against Cruel Sports, uh, members of the public, if they see any suspicious activities, or even the, you know, the wildlife police, you know, to tip them off or hunt saboteurs. Uh, you know, really only together with these tips, you know, because they're very sly. The hunt don't, you know, make it public where they are. So if you stumble across them, you know, you're going to help put an end to this. Well, that, yeah, and thanks, Carly, for the, for the prompt. Yeah, we do have our Animal Crime Watch service, which is That's available. It. Yeah, it's, it's online. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's, Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's league.org.uk forward slash crime watch. Um, and obviously, if if people do see illegal hunting going on there and then in front of their faces, then the advice is always to dial 999. And of course, never ever to put themselves in harm's way. As you've described, hunters can be um, perhaps they're not the most friendly of people um, no, when confronted and when people are gathering evidence. So it's very much don't put yourself at risk, but please do try and, and, and get evidence and call the police if you do see a crime being committed. Oh, absolutely. That's, yes, definitely. Absolutely. You know, and also I, I, I would like to touch on the subjects of the hunt using and calling the police at every opportunity um, and wasting, you know, police's uh, resources and that the police really need to update, you know, how they respond to these uh, blatant slanderous accusations against people monitoring the hunts, you know, because we're not the we're not the criminals here, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. Policing needs to be impartial. And I think there have Absolutely. been great, great strides being made. Um, we've heard from Chief Superintendent Matt Longman, who's the police officer in charge of combating illegal um, hunting, fox hunting specifically, crime in England and Wales, um, saying it is a police priority. It absolutely needs to be tackled properly and fairly. Um, absolutely absolutely it does you know because you know it's a it's a strategy the hunt used to their favor to get rid of us monitoring them so they can get about you know without having eyes on them um you know and it's the wildlife that suffer you know and and to help them as you've said if the law is strengthened if those loopholes are closed and the hunts can um essentially not go out without scrutiny um and without hunting wildlife then that just helps the police be more fair doesn't it absolutely. and be more proactive You're absolutely correct wonderful yes <laughs> so what so what about you carly are you going to carry on um monitoring the hunts from now on 
Absolutely. You know, I'm out there, you know, with the drone and really trying to gather enough evidence to finally get a conviction. But again, you know, until the laws are, you know, strengthened, the loopholes are closed, you know, it's, it's a big battle ahead. But, you know, I continue with my work in rehabilitation and rescue. And obviously the protection is a, is a big part of that, you know, making sure that, you know, it's safe outside, you know, for wildlife against uh, persecution or from man and definitely blood sports. Carly, it's been brilliant to speak to you. And thank you very much for sharing your personal experiences of, of monitoring the hunts with us on the Leadcast today. Um, you know, best of luck in, in your monitoring and in your, your wildlife as well, rescuing. Wonderful. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That's it from this month's episode. We would love for you to get in touch on our social channels with any questions that you might have had, though. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram by searching for The League Against Cruel Sports. Please also make sure you subscribe to the Leadcast so you never miss a single episode. 